Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice Podcast. My name is Richard Brown, and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. Well, here we are. We've reached the end of another series. It's Series 7, all about going full-time in property. And uh, yeah, it's quite late, actually. I've got about 4,000 words of notes, which I don't plan to read in full. Don't worry about that. But I'm going to try and cover a bit of ground um, uh, in terms of just trying to draw some conclusions, really, or common threads from the last, uh, what's been uh, 13 episodes, actually, since the 21st of May, including this particular summary. Um, During that time, we've had 18 guests, some of them on panels, um, as you probably heard in the last few weeks. But prior to that, we had a few people who joined us individually. And my clear intention with this particular series was to showcase what I call everyday people. Um, so hopefully that's come through. Um, in previous series, I've, I've showcased really, you know, sort of decamillionaires, as I call them, very highly successful people. And the people on this particular series, have, they're, they're either are full-time in property already or deriving an income or have a significant asset base, uh, which has been derived through property in the most part. Or they are, you know, somewhere along down the track for the second steppers, which is, you know, what we heard about a few weeks ago. And most recently, the newbies or the new adventurers who started out more recently uh, who want to follow that particular path. So as I say, everyday people, but they're, they're actually extraordinary in many ways, the, the guests I had on the show. I'm just going to try and dip into and name check as many of them as I possibly can throughout the course of uh, today's wrap up and give them credit where credit's due. So it's been a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, Apologies for those people who did reach out to me and say, hey, can I appear on this particular series, uh, uh, you know, about going full-time in property? Um, If you've listened in to last week and obviously this week, yes, I got your messages, but I particularly wanted to showcase people that are already in my network, in my inner circle to some extent. Um, That means, one, I know them quite well. And two, I can kind of vouch for their um, their story, first of all, and also their character and their values. And I thought that was really important to, to bring out over the, over the last few weeks as well. So apologies if you've written in or you had an interest in appearing on the show on this particular series, but that's the explanation. Uh, so please don't be offended and uh, please do, you know, perhaps reach out to us for another opportunity. Who knows? So we kicked off, uh, obviously, after my introductory uh, piece on the 21st of May with Ian Brown. And um, I'll just highlight a couple of things that Ian said. Um, He talked about leverage on leverage. Um, So, you know, just utilizing not just financial leverage, but other forms of leverage as well. And to um, become, first of all, his own bank, but also becoming the bank for other people. And that was quite interesting, wasn't it? Because there was a transition really over the time that he's been working full-time in property. He, he leveraged his own pension, if you remember, through his SAS pension. Uh, and then, it, then in addition to using it for his own you know, growth purposes, he also used it for other people as well. So there were a lot of other things that came out from Ian um, as well, in, in term, as well as having a clear plan. But I'm just trying to dip into some highlights there. And after Ian, we had Rich or Richard Parker. 
And um, we talked about him going sort of motorbiking across Nepal, um, having worked for Ford Motor Company. And, and he took a, a sort of a less deliberate path, really. He started dabbling as a hobby with property. And then it all changed. He, you know, one book, actually, as he said, changed everything. He read Millionaire Fast Lane, and that was the catalyst, if you like, um, for him to do something else. But what he did do right from the beginning, he was, he was very professional, if you remember. He said he, he formed a limited company, even though he didn't really have clear intentions of it being a formal business, but he wanted to professionalize what he was doing. Lots of things that came up in our conversation, but something else I really wanted to highlight that Rich said was enough is enough. And what he was talking about was sufficiency, financial sufficiency. Um, in, you know, we sometimes get into the drug, as I call it, of, uh, of income um, from employment or contracting or, or even our own business. But actually, we don't need necessarily all of that income. In fact, when we work for ourselves, we, we can actually be more efficient with uh, tax benefits, for example, so we don't need as much in any case. And it's not all about the money, and that's going to be a consistent theme that comes out. So those keep a couple of highlights there from Rich. Then we, when we had uh, showcased a couple of the girls, a couple of the ladies, we, had, we started with Rupal, Rupal Patel, and she said she had a non-planned plan. So I think that means she had a plan, but it, it means the course uh, changed direction over the way. She knew she wanted to be her own boss, and she had this multi-passionate lifestyle, as she describes it. And for, for her and her husband, in fact, and particularly for Rupal, actually, uh, property was a means to an end. It enabled her to do the other things in life, do the things in life that she really wanted to do. So I thought it was really interesting. So lots of people say, I love property, but RuPaul doesn't love property, but she loves what property enables and brings to her. So that was cool. Um, Some of the parting takeaways that she mentioned were having a runway. So, and this is a consistent theme. In fact, when we talk later in the series with some of the new starters in particular, they talked about how hard it was and how long it takes And it's good to have either a supplementary income or um, perhaps your partner is still earning or you've got a side hustle or you've got savings set aside. So Rupal made that point and she's already at the other end of the journey. Having having a runway is really important. And she said, uh, knuckling down before momentum kicks in. Um, So, um, yeah, it can be a while before the results are seen. But if you just keep at it, eventually it will start to pay off. So uh, and the snowball were kicking as it as it were. Again, she talked about the importance of having things written down. But her final point was accepting who you are and getting to know what your superpower is. And in fact, when I come towards the end of today's episode, I'm going to talk about some of the common threads and superpower is definitely one of them. But it's not as super as you might imagine. We don't necessarily need to be one of the invincibles, one of the incredibles. I think I got the name wrong last time. So that was, uh, was RuPaul. And then we, we had the delightful Kemi, Kemi Egan. And um, Kemi, you know, was really, uh, I guess, how do you say it? She went through some hard times um, and she was even sleeping in, in her office building as her business was, you know, kind of failing, really. A physiotherapy business was failing. Uh, so some pretty hard times. Uh, she had to go and sh- take a shower at the local gym because there wasn't, uh, weren't facilities uh, in the office where she was living. But she literally did the miles um, in more ways than one, uh, pounding the motorway. Uh, to focus on predominantly a rent-to-rent strategy before she kind of uh, made it. And um, now she's looking at a 90-unit scheme with a financial sponsor. So, you know, that in, in quite a short period of time. So she's done really well for herself. But what she said in conclusion was, don't wait for permission. 
don't wait for someone else to, to give you permission to go and get what is right for yours. But here's the thing. She said, become what you need to become to make it happen. So that really says two things, doesn't it? Just don't wait, make a start. You don't need anyone else to give you, you know, permission or authority or a blessing to make a start in this thing. But we do need to become something or somebody along the way. And that implies a journey, a transition um, and a process. And I think she made that point really well with that. So there's a couple of highlights from uh, Kemi. Then we had uh, Paul Million. Yes, his real name. And he talked about, I mean, I think three decades in property and how he really grafted his way. I mean, literally grafted his way um, through properties. He'd taken the front of houses and things like that and you know, rebuilding them from, from the ground up, if you like. A you know, very straight talking, uh, plain English sort of guy, um, but you know, a wealth of knowledge and um, very, very much into personal development, I have to say. And uh, now he's moved into, you know, larger complex uh, developments and conversions, looking at co-living, focusing on design. I think he's got joint ventures coming out of his ears. Um, so that's Paul. And, you know, I think there was an awakening later in his career. That's an interesting thing, a bit like with Rich Parker. So there was a way, an awakening later. So he was kind of grafting and doing things, but kind of not really realizing his full potential. And I think he's starting to do that now. He talks about the three, if I can say it, three frogs and um, three pieces of an elephant. You swallow a frog whole and you eat an elephant once at, once at a time. And he's talking about how he cars up his day, how he prioritizes and how he does things. So, um, and, and, and also not, not focusing on what he calls shelf help books and procrastinate action. In other words, it's uh, taking action, which is going to be the key differential uh, that's going to define your success. That was that. And after Paul, we, we, uh, we were reunited, if you like, with Damien, Damien Fogg. And um, I think with Damien, he really immersed himself, didn't he, into the property industry. Um, he became a chartered surveyor, an RICS chartered surveyor. He worked uh, as, a, you know, as a letting agent and a, pro- a portfolio manager with the MOD and, and really sort of taught himself from the inside out, uh, both um, you know, in terms of vocationally, but also professionally as well. So I thought that was really interesting. And uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a bit of a money geek, um, if you haven't spotted already. So just follow Damien and I'm sure you'll learn a lot, lot about personal finance in general. By, by following him. Uh, property was definitely his first asset class, or one of his first asset classes, actually, not necessarily the first. And um, he's taken it on from there. And what was really interesting with Damien, I think, he started with the sort of flashy life with designer watches and flashy cars. But now, you know, he lives a more modest lifestyle. He kind of grew out of it, as it were. I mean, he retired at age of 32, so he wasn't particularly old. Uh, so he could, I, mean, I know he could still afford to do uh, some of the things he was doing when he was younger. So um, it's just interesting how things change, how people's priorities shift over time. But um, he, he took a, a deliberate uh, plan in what he did. He had adopted a, a, a BRR, or buy, refurbish, refinance strategy. Uh, he took repayment mortgages and he was overpaying. He wanted to get his mortgages paid off as quickly as possible and become debt-free as quickly as possible. And that seems a little bit counterintuitive, but that's Damien for you. is a little bit counterintuitive, a little bit contrarian. So um, that was Damien. And then uh, bringing up the last of the solo episodes was myself, of course. And it was kind of weird, really, to have the tables turned. Uh, Helen Pollock, fine, you know, um, happily rather, came on and, and interviewed me on, on the uh, Property Voice podcast and 
Um, I'm not sure if I could have covered everything I wanted to cover in that particular episode. Um, I don't know why I talked about my paper round so much, but yeah, I think it was just to demonstrate a strong work ethic. But by the way, a lot of our guests talk about a strong work ethic. So, you know, it's good that, you know, I guess I, I did really. Um, of, of course, I talked about my own sort of growth, uh, becoming full-time after about three or four years into um, into my experience, if you like, stepping out from corporate land and not really having, I had a bit of a, uh, a runway, as we referred to earlier, but not the biggest one, <laughs> not the longest one uh, by any means. And I think, you know, I also highlighted that delay cost me quite significantly and perhaps we'll return to that later on. But equally, I had some, uh, I had a couple of mindset shifts along the way. So it wasn't just one epiphany. There was a couple of mindset shifts along the way. And in particular, in terms of growth and scale, which only actually came quite a long way into my journey around about 2016, 2017, when I started to step out and, um, and take on larger projects. And, um, and so, you know, what I, what I sort of concluded with, there's two key things that set us apart. One is our mindset. And that's quite a catch-all phrase, but, you know, includes our self-belief and, uh, and having a can-do attitude, a solution focus, and just being relentless, really. <laughs> and then the second thing is, you know, the importance of the people and the environment that we're in. Um, so, uh, I, you know, that's kind of what I've learned personally. Uh, so lifting the glass ceiling that is above us in terms of our thoughts and our belief but equally being surrounded by people who can help us and support us. And I often like to say I like to be the dumbest person in the room. And, um, yeah, I can't approve that quite a bit, actually, but I really like to, to have that, which basically means I'm surrounded by some really good people. So we did the sort of uh, solo um, episodes to, you know, the first um, part of the series, if you like. And then towards the end, we, we did a couple of uh, two-parters with uh, a panel, uh, in each case. So the first panel uh, guests, panel guests were what I call second steppers. So we had Carl Gilbert, Anthony Boyce, Monica Olasolo, um, Sven Jesters and Daniel Riley. Apologies if I haven't said people's names correctly there. Um, but the, the point, the, there were a number of points that came out of the panel discussions. So bear in mind, these are people who have started along the journey, but not quite, you know, as it used to the analogy of not being able to put their feet up on the beach and sit pina coladas all day. They're not quite at that level yet, but they're a little bit way, you know, down the track. And the, and the very first thing that I noted was perseverance uh, and, in fact, self-belief and confidence. So these are people who have already stepped out and have perhaps had a bit of a, you know, they found the realities, as it were, and they're talking about perseverance. And, um, and, and this is where superpower comes into it again. So superpower doesn't necessarily mean that you can bend the spoon it, it, it's really that there's a gritty determination just to get up one more time when you get knocked down, uh, perhaps when other people, you know, not so resilient are likely to give up. So it's really interesting that the word superpowers has come out from totally unconnected people. But actually, superpowers doesn't necessarily mean in an actual superpower. It could be something more down to earth of just getting up one more time and putting your foot forward and going again. There was a massive emphasis on uh, personal development and growth, actually. In fact, throughout both the panel discussions, and, and if you listen carefully, most of the uh, first people who we spoke to, the, the solo interview um, people that we spoke to, talked about personal development and growth, but in a more subtle way, I guess. There was a stress on, on purpose, legacy, and this big vision, and how it can keep you going, and how it can be a motivator. 
Um, there's actually this, a little bit, couple of sidebar points about forced reflection. You know, when things happen to us and we have to take a little bit of time out and have to little little rethink or reflection on what's happened to us and then decide to go again. Um, and interestingly, I think it was Sven who made that point. He has decided to go again and he's picking up and he's pushing on again now. Um, the, is, there was another point that came out in this discussion, um, this, this sort of second steppers discussion, about looking beyond ourselves. It's not all about the money. In fact, that came out with other people, you know, the idea of sufficiency, the idea of giving back and supporting others, uh, um, being grateful, um, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So it's not all about the money. Uh, the money helps. The money's good. Um, and it helps us to help other people for that matter. But it's, you know, also looking beyond ourselves. We might start out perhaps a little bit self-interested, if I can use that phrase, rather than selfish, um, self-interested. But then as we, as we progress and become more, you know, full-time in this business, we start to lift our eyes to the horizon and, and scan the landscape, if you like, and look for opportunities to help and support other people and other causes. And then there was this, this dichotomy, if you like, uh, focus between uh, the, well, actually focus was the one, focus on the one hand and being flexible on the other hand. And I use a, a phrase quite often about fix and flex. So fix is the focus and flex is being flexible. And it's kind of weird, you know, because you kind of need to set a course, set a direction, but it will change. But if you don't fix the course, then, you know, you, you're all over the place, but it will change. So is this, you know, striking this balance and, and uh, it's like being on a seesaw that's constantly moving uh, up and down. And you just need to straddle the thing as we go there. There was a lot of talk in this particular group about surrounding ourselves with other people um, in mastermind groups, in apprentice programs, in networking groups, um, and just really immersing ourselves into community because, it, you know, it gets tough at times. There was some talk about de-risking the journey, and that came out in a number of different ways. Uh, having you know diversification and multiple streams or multiple sources of income was definitely uh, something we spoke about. Perhaps you know not quitting the day job or having a part-time job or having a partner who's still in a job or having savings is a way to de-risk you know going full-time in property as well. So that's something else that came out. Uh, too. And, and in terms of one of the character traits, being an optimistic problem solver uh, is one of the final points I noted there. So we, we're getting towards the end now. So the, the next panel discussion, if you like, was with what I call the new adventurers. So we have Nana Piercy, uh, Martin Evans, Silvana Spada, um, Ma <laughs> David Masters, Sean Thomas, and uh, Dominic Hardy. And again, apologies if I got your name wrong there. I, I do apologize. And um, I think the first thing to say that, that came out there is things don't always move as quickly as you want them to. So this is the new adventurers, remember. Um, so they're looking to go full time. Some actually already are and some are looking to, to do that. And so there needs to be a bit of, um, they talked about being adaptable and being flexible. Here we go, that, that phrase again, being flexible. Um, but uh, working long hours, you know, they were all, you know, all working long hours. So even if they're full-time in property, they were working long hours. If they had a full-time job, they were still doing, you know, had a side hustle. They were working after hours on their property business. And you don't find that with the general public. Um, so these people are practicing delayed gratification. Uh, they're building a better future by working hard today. Um, and then one, you know, I think it was Nana actually said, uh, if, if I don't do it, then who's going to do it for me? Yep, there's no gifts. Um, you know, there's no sort of silver platter that's handed out here. We need to go out and seize it for ourselves, that's for sure. 
There was quite a lot of talk in this panel, actually, about organization, productivity, uh, managing time, being efficient, uh, effective, and, and being productive with our time. And it was a little bit surprising in some ways because we started talking about CRM systems and things like that. But, you know, it's about getting it right from the beginning so that it releases time, which frees up headspace which also frees up resources to focus on income-generating tasks. So it makes a lot of sense, in fairness, that we talked about systems and uh, being effective and being productive. Quite a lot of conversation about education, but education can come in many forms. It doesn't have to be formal education. It doesn't have to be paid-for training. It could be things like books, podcasts, and YouTube videos, for example. So, But there was a lot of talk about education that came out of it as indeed there was, again, about networking and community, which can help with our motivation because, you know, we perhaps need a bit of accountability and sometimes a little bit of support as well. So having a, having a community around us can help keep us going, propel the momentum, as well as also help with the learning uh, that we've just been talking about. I mentioned that it's not all about the money and that we, there was a lot of talk about giving back, random acts of kindness and, and indeed gratitude for what we have already. Uh, so that came out in this conversation. Again, I know that pretty much everyone in this uh, community thinks in a similar way. It's part of the reason that they're guests actually on this particular series. And um, we talked again about systemizing. But then we talked about perhaps um, the holy grail of uh, being in finance, uh, being in finance, sorry, being in property is attracting finance. And uh, joint venture partners or private financing seems to be this holy grail, particularly if you've got an idea of being full-time in property. Because financing is a finite resource. It's limited. And unless you're fortunate enough to have a, uh, you know, an inheritance or something like that, it's, you know, we're all going to run out of money at some point. And we talked to the, in this particular group, we talked about a couple of different ways of doing that. One was what's called attraction marketing. Um, and that's sort of sharing our story, sharing our vision, and that will attract people to us. You know, being who we are, being authentic, talking about our values, talking about our beliefs, that will attract certain people towards us. But in addition to that sort of more softer side, there was the hard side of developing a track record. And this is the idea that uh, RuPaul was talking about earlier, that momentum kicks in, but it takes some time to overcome that inertia. You don't get a track record overnight. It takes time. So we have to be beavering away uh, to develop that track record. But in the meantime, sharing the story, sharing the vision. And we've got two, two sides of the same coin in that sense. I asked the question about, do we need a big bag of swag, uh, if you remember, a few weeks ago? And um, Nana says it depends. And um, he's quite right to say that. So um, you know, property is quite a cash-intensive business. We need a lot of... Uh, startup capital and perhaps even working capital, um, especially if we're going to go full time in property. Uh, so uh, it can be cash intensive or you know, finance heavy, but there's alternative strategies and there's creative strategies as well. So we had we had flavors, uh, all types of flavors of uh, property strategy. That was one of the the things I wanted to highlight and showcase throughout this series. There wasn't a, just a, a one way of doing things, or you know you need a load of money to to start. Um, there were alternative strategies, creative strategies, and, and the utilization, if you like, of other people's money and leverage in different ways. Um, we talked a little bit about deal sourcing and this side hustle or multiple income streams and how, one, we can earn an income from deal sourcing, but equally, we can put ourselves in, certain pe- uh, in front of certain people. 
it could be vendors and agents on the supply side, but it could also be clients and potential investors on the demand side. So that will create opportunities, both sides of that uh, supply and demand equation, of course. There was a lot of talk again about, you know, it can take longer than you expect, but make the jump sooner rather than later. Don't delay because uh, delay can cost you. We've had, we cover that ground quite a few times as well. And, um, you know, there's a lot of fear perhaps or there's some overwhelm that we need to overcome, uh, even limiting beliefs and limited resources. So it's a journey, you know, like, a, you know, what was it Kemi said about we have to become what we need to become. Um, so, you know, it's a journey. So we need to, you know, step out, uh, overcome the overwhelm, um, overcome the limiting beliefs. And it takes time. It's a process. And we need to shed some of that. And it, it just takes time. Um, but surround yourself with the right people, have the right kind of input coming into our brains to, you know, sort of uh, turn that around, if you like, decondition ourselves, if you like, in that sense. So be, be bold and step out and, and be bold sooner rather than later. There was also talk about knowing ourselves, and I'm really big on this. I think we, we need to understand ourselves as well as understanding others, but we start with understanding ourselves. Uh, and that's one, how do we think and what are our values and uh, what's important to us in life? But it's also things like uh, our own bodies and, you know, what you know our rhythm, if you like. Martin talks about he tried desperately to get in the 5 a.m. club, but it just isn't him. So he listened to his body and he's just adjusted, and now he's just in a much better place. Isn't the 5 a.m. club isn't for everyone. And, of course, you know, making plans and learning is all very well, but actually taking action is where it's at was something that came out of this discussion, this part of the discussion, but indeed in uh, other discussions as well. Um, systemizing came up uh, again, as did due diligence. So a number of points there. And I guess if I could just try and wrap it up, I, I noted there were sort of, if I look back over the series, 18 guests, 13 episodes, uh, over over however many weeks that was, probably 13 weeks actually, um, there are about 15 common threads or elements. I'm just going to summarize them quickly now before we, uh, before we close. So one was goals. Um, lots of people spoke about goals. Have them written, have a plan. Uh, know that they will change, but have them there in front of us and have something to aim at. And indeed, uh, a wider Wider than that, it almost is purpose. So we have goals on the one hand, but we have purpose on another. So purpose captures things like our destiny, legacy, vision, if you like. So goals are very specific and measurable, but purpose is the overall direction and why we're here, what we're doing this for, our reason why, in other words. Um, then there was mindset. There's quite a lot of talk about mindset, self-belief, motivation, mindset shifts. It's a really important factor of being uh, full-time in property, as indeed is knowing ourselves. Uh, we've just been talking about it. What you know, There are certain character traits you've probably been picking up um, as we've been going through this. You know, um, I'm going to come on to superpowers, but there are a number of character traits, for example, being solution-orientated. But listening to our bodies as well as you know, our thoughts and, and our mind uh, and, and knowing our values. So knowing ourselves goes beyond just you know, um, headspace, if you like. It's beyond that. There were th I can't resist, you know, mentioning the superpowers thing again because it was brought up on, you know, several occasions. Um, but actually, a superpower is really gritty determination, perseverance, and hard work in many cases. So it doesn't necessarily have to be this, you know, extraordinary thing. Although actually, practicing it is extraordinary at times. 
There was a lot of shout outs towards systems, you know, having systems processes, you know, being able to set priorities and being productive with our time. That came out quite, uh, quite consistently as well. As did having a safety net, which is the seventh item here, which is um, often having a side hustle or multiple income streams or a partner that's earning or having a savings runway because things can get hard and you don't want to run out of money uh, too soon. You have to strike this balance between stepping out but having a safety net to fall back on as well. So it's a delicate balance. And in fact, um, yeah, safety net is the headline there. Uh, start now. Yeah, pretty much everyone's saying start as soon as you possibly can. Um, don't worry too much about not necessarily knowing exactly the destination. Uh, I do encourage people to try and know what the destination is, but don't worry about it because it's probably going to flex along the way. So it's good to set a course, uh, but then once we move partway down the, the, the pathway, it will probably change, but start as soon as possible. Um, and then, you know, I talked about in my own case, four years cost me £2 million. So, um, yeah, that was an expensive four-year delay between deciding and acting uh, in property. A few people talked about it's something beyond ourselves. It's not all about the money, the idea of sufficiency, enough being enough, giving back and supporting others, you know, came out a few times. As indeed the idea of thanks and uh, sacrifice with, you know, gratitude, delayed gratification and uh, other principles like that. And then I guess there was the, the idea of community, um, surrounding ourselves with other people who can have a positive and supportive uh, impact on us, whether that's a for, you know as a masterminding group, a buddy, or a networking group, you know just having community that we can immerse ourselves in because it can get hard at times. So having that support and accountability, um, you know the, the softer support, the harder accountability can really help. There was this, this a lot of talk about growth, particularly personal growth and business development. If you like, most people are into some kind of personal development, uh, whether it's reading or formal training or study, uh, just kind of learning about themselves and, and growing and developing. We have to become what we need to become. Uh, the idea of leverage, not just money, so buy to let mortgages and things like that, but also non-financial strategies as well can get us there. You know, leveraging the networks, leveraging our knowledge and, and contacts, lots of forms of leverage was mentioned either directly or in passing. Uh, in terms of strategies, I was going to list all the different strategies that people were pursuing, but it was just going to be probably another list of about 15, so I decided not to. So there, were, there was multiple strategies that people are following. The, the one that uh, I meant to have a guest, or I did actually have a guest lined up who was much more passive private investor, um, and I wanted to showcase that as another angle, but there was elements of that in some bits that other people are doing. So Rich and Ian, for example, are both now investing in other people's projects. So you might have picked that up through them. But uh, in terms of strategies, anything goes, really. And uh, I guess the final point probably would be uh, the definition of true wealth. Well, the definition of true wealth lies in the uh, eyes of the beholder. So it's what's true wealth to you. So it isn't necessarily all about the money, although the money helps. Uh, and of course, it helps us to help other people too. But there was, um, you know, I think right at the beginning, Ian talked about what true wealth is time freedom for him. And, uh, and for other people, it's choice. Uh, the other, for other people, it's independence. Um, you know, so it's this financial safe, safety net. Um, it's, it's just the, the freedom to choose and to do what you want to do, uh, when you want to do it, and who you want to do it with. So there we go. I think that's probably as far as I want to go in terms of a wrap-up. Um, 
I hope it's been interesting and uh, useful over the last few weeks. Hope you got something out of this particular series. And um, yeah, I guess the all that remains to say is that the show notes are going to be over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net. If you want to talk to me about anything from the series or just generally about property, you know you can always email me, podcast at thepropertyvoice.net. I'd be delighted to hear from you. Um, I'm just going to put a bit of a marker out there. I'm going to take a bit of a time out now. Um, we're in sort of early to mid-August. Uh, this will go out, I'm trying to think when it will go out, around about the uh, 12th of August, Wednesday the 12th of August. And um, I'm probably going to take the rest of August off, so there won't be any more podcasts for the rest of August. There might be a sneaky one or two, which are kind of either third-party recordings that I'll share or something I already had prepared. But essentially, it's not going to be any, and I'm not going to come on and make an effort over the next few weeks. I'm just going to take a little bit of time out, go on a social media diet, um, just put my feet up a bit and just kind of recharge in that sense. So um, join me again in uh, early September. I'd uh, be delighted to have you back. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. And um, yeah, I think until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.